Welcome to Navigating Change, the podcast from Ty Malink. I'm Pete Wright, and right there under the din of the holiday bells of kith and kin, Howard Tybel. Wow, did you really just say that? Yes. Ring, we, we, ring, ring, we are ring, in ring, December. Ring, ring. We are yeah. in December, and so far we haven't had any major snowstorms. What exactly is your motivation behind saying that? Just seeing if my predictions come true. Because <laughs> you're right, we do record a little bit in advance. But you, what I'm saying is, we're gonna, we are not gonna have looking forward any snowstorms, what, at least until until after late December. What we're talking, what we're actually saying is, for all of you Bostonians and those who live in the uh, in the area, is that Howard Tybel uh, has just jinxed your entire winter. To start, you have, you are probably buried right now <laughs> under four feet of the I, white stuff and I, ice. I will. It's your fault. I accept. I will accept that responsibility, which is a perfect tie-in to this conversation <laughs> today. <laughs> yes, we are. Having, you, I'm excited. See if you can tie this back to what we're talking about. I'm excited. Oh, hey, oh, I don't need to tie anything, man. You're the experts. All I know is I have gotten this chicken scratch of a diagram. <laughs> That uh, I am supposed to somehow toss back to you and make you look smart about it. Before we do that, head over to tybalink.com to learn more about us and this show. Subscribe for free. Just click the blue button and we will send you an email with the latest episodes every time they go live. And you can join the conversation on Twitter uh, at Howard Tybal or Pete Wright. We would love to hear from you and find us on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for your patronage. Now, Howard Tybal. Tell me about this diagram. I'm very excited to hear uh, what this is all about. I have been telling this story now for a while, and it has been coined. When people summarize at the end of a workshop, they'll say, yeah, you know, the one six thing, the one six two third one six. So that's what this is called, the one six two thirds one six, because that adds up to 100%. What this is, is a way of looking at a population that you are trying to influence to move in a certain direction. It breaks down to two small groups and one big group. So imagine two ends, one-sixth and one-sixth on two ends, and the two-thirds in the middle. And if you imagine the one-sixth, and this is the group you love, uh, this is the group that we will call your champions. These are those people sometimes annoying because they are waiting for you to make big decisions. They're the ones that have yeah. the plans. You're you're the you're the person in the way. But as soon as you get out of the way, they're going to be the enthusiastic drivers of change. Nice. Is that is that fair? That's fair. Okay. So, you don't have to do anything with them besides get out of their way and put them front and center to help you tell your story. Okay. If there's if there's anything that I want to keep reinforcing with leaders in any group, whether it is a senior leadership team with a, or a board trying to influence change or whether it's on the academic side. Are you putting forward people who can help you tell your story that are respected by those you're trying to influence? Okay. Follow what I'm saying? I do. Okay. That's, See, those wanna, are on the right, the one-six on the right. Right. So if I want to put, for example— faculty, if I want to influence faculty, and if it was me telling the story, they'd look at me and go, well, I'm not a faculty member. Right. I'd put you in that story telling telling why this is important. 
you're, they look at you in your institution where you work, Pete, and they would go, okay, we know yeah. this guy. He understands who we are. They'll move forward. So it becomes that positional authority. Because okay. of my position, I have more authority or, or positional influence is probably a better way to say it. Yes. Not, it's good. not That's, authority. I got confused with authority. It I is absolutely tell. influence. Yes. Positional influence. So that's the that's the group on the far right. Then you take the middle group, two-thirds. This is the majority of people you're trying to influence. Okay. They will go with you on something you're trying to put in place, whether it's a new technology, whether it's a new set of policies or procedures, whether it's putting in online learning. You, you have a majority of people you're trying to influence, but they need three things from you. They need to know why we're going there. And it needs to be good. It needs to be a good headline story. This is why we're doing this. They need to know what the benefits are. Tell me what the benefits are, and I'll go with you. And third, they need to know how they can be involved. If you give that to the majority of people, why it's important, what are the benefits, and how they can be involved, they will go with you. They just need to be sold. They need to be sold. They need to be sold. And you know what? I'm going to highlight episode 11 of this very podcast. Do you remember what that episode was? You're going back that far? Mm-hmm. That's like, mm-hmm. that's that's when we were teenagers. May what? 10th, 2010. Yikes. We're always selling. Ooh, remember that? That yes, was a classic. That was, we're always I'm gonna selling. I'm going to put a link to that in the podcast notes. You should go back and listen to that because that ties didn't right into a, the middle, I think. Didn't we have a link to Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross on that one? I'm sure. ABC. Always be closing. Always be closing. Okay, so that's our middle that's group. That's our middle two-thirds. Okay, and you got the third group. Okay. The ones, the other, the other one sticks in the far left. Okay. This group, what we will coin them as, the group that will never change ever. Oh, so, that's gloomy. So I said that once, right? Yeah. Not, not that deep. Never change ever. And a person shot their hand up in the room when they said, "I, yeah, I did the math in my head, and that's a lot of people." Yeah. Kind of yeah. About, well. Okay. Yeah. You know, if you got a thousand people and you've got. A six of that group that will never change. Okay, I hear you. So I said, all right, let's cut in half. So I literally cut that in half, and I said one twelfth. And then I, re- I had this, for the first time in my life, an epiphany. <laughs> you could tell. And I realize we confuse people that are resistant and maybe cynical from people who have a difficult style. Oh, so it may be that we, it it may not be that they're that they are uh, you know downright belligerent to our cause. It may just be that we don't know how to how to reach them appropriately. Actually, it's worse. It's 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 more like this is the person that comes into your office, and when you see them, you just internally roll your eyes. Oh, yeah. Like oh my god, not again. Do I? I have to deal with this person, yeah. right? They have a difficult style. Yeah. But guess what? Difficult style doesn't mean they don't have something to contribute. And I think what happens a lot, especially in higher ed, when we put teams together, we put teams together of people that we like. Oh, right? yes. We don't want people challenging us, right? Yeah, that's not, and that's not, a, I don't you say, especially higher ed, that's everywhere. It's everywhere, but I'll tell you, in, in the context of uh, a college and university environment, I recently made the comment, and, I, and it resonates every time I mention it, why do we think that everybody always has to be happy with everything we decide, mm-hmm. right? So 
we have a hard time putting people with difficult styles but something to contribute in the mix of helping us with a change effort. But when we don't, what we're doing is we're only speaking to a group that will go with us and we're not getting asked critical questions. You know, and it's those a, people over in that, we'll just say one twelfth, right, at this point. We'll right. just say it's those people who, uh, who may be best equipped to ask us the most critical, challenging, and possibly direction-forming questions. Exactly. Now, let me make another point about this. We end up often labeling people the, that that person or that group is resistant to change. And I think that is a very narrow way of thinking about this. I think the truth about resistance to change is it, one person's resistance to change, uh, you put something else in front of them that they would like. They're not resistant to change. It is situational, right? Yeah. It's not like you've got you've got this person that and everything that put in front of them, they're resistant. But if you're trying to move an effort forward, you have to distinguish the cynics from the skeptics. Okay, talk more about that. So if you think about what you know, uh, what the definition of a, a, of a skeptic is, or if we have skepticism, skeptics want evidence and proof. And if you give them evidence and proofs, proof, they will go with you. But they're not just going to go with you because you said so. They want to get some sense that this is grounded in something. They're skeptical. Mm-hmm. It's a, a matter of fact, we, this is another thing I want to reframe for people is, is that we need to invite more skeptics to be around us, not cynics. You see, cynics want evidence and proof, and if you give it to them, they won't go with you. Because that implies an absence of trust in, in the direction. Like, if you can give them proof, they still don't, they, there's still no trust in there. They have no interest. They are cynical about the evidence. They will say the evidence is important to them, but the evidence doesn't influence them. Doesn't sway them, them right. In, evidence influences skeptics. So if you think about people that we categorize as resistant— and we try and separate them into people who are really resistant to a particular idea and people with style issues, I think it's the fundamental difference between somebody who's cynical about something and is not going with you no matter what and somebody who is skeptical but you, and you need to find a way to reach them, mm-hmm. okay? So really we're talking about one-twelfth of this other group that we sometimes group into a larger audience uh, as the ones that we have to figure out how to deal with. Now, when I tell this story, you tell me what you think, Pete. Of these three groups, who do we pay most attention to? The uh, loudest people that we feel like we need to convince, the, the well, it's, cynics. So it's interesting because you uh, you actually answered the question in in two ways. Because you said the loudest people. I didn't say anything about the loudest people. I didn't say they were loud. Yeah. I said, why do we pay it? So, so if I ask you, why do we pay attention to them? The answer is... You just said it, right? Because they're loud. Yeah. The other reason we pay attention to them, and I think this is uh, chronic for human beings, especially firstborns like myself, we like to (laughs) fix things. I'm a fixer. Are you a fixer, by the way? Yeah, I think so. If somebody gives you – if if something plays out incorrectly uh, or you got a problem with something, don't you feel like you need to fix it? Yeah, I, I, it's, it is it is 
a, a life lesson to for me that I'm constantly working on to not move into solve problem solving mode too quickly. You know, this podcast is slowly going to turn into a therapy. Talk, you're talking about yeah. you. Talk therapy. Finally, That's we're going right. to have a conversation about you. Well, That's we've not tried for happen. five years. It hasn't happened yet. So, so here's what I here's what I tell people about the cynics versus the skeptics. Here is what you need to do with the cynics. You need to show respect. How you show respect is by listening empathetically to where they are. And then the third thing you have to do is you have to ignore them. That's the secret sauce. People hear this and go, wait a second, I don't have to, I don't have to fix them. I don't have to bring them. I've been telling the story for a while, but the thing I've been saying more that's that's central to this is you don't have to get everybody to go with you. Think about how much energy you have in the course of a day, a week, a month. And where you put your energy is where you're going to be able to influence change. So what I'm saying is take your energy off those who are not going to go with you. Focus on the champions who are going and help have them help you tell your story. Have them influence the middle group. Respect that one-twelfth, but take your attention off them and give your attention to those that need you most, which is this middle group. Because I can tell you what you're often finding is the middle group is sitting there going, the majority of people are going, we're not getting enough support. You know why? Because we're trying to fix those few people. And as much as you think it's a majority of your pick any group that are difficult, the truth is they are loud, so they seem larger. And I'm telling you, the middle group, they're not quiet because they're resistant. They're quiet because they don't want to appear disloyal to the loud negative folks. So it gives the impression there's more negative. Everyone's always saying, you know, I'm really afraid that this one-twelfth is going to influence the middle group and pull them in this direction. I get that fear, but I'm telling you it's an exaggerated fear. Uh our, our focus should be more on how do we how do we focus on those that want our support and take our attention off of those. They have to decide if they're going to get with the program. They have to decide if they want to be part of the change. You can't make anybody do anything. And that is a painful lesson. But when you wake up and realize this, you can decide where you want to put your energy. Well, I like it. It's practically axiomatic. And, I, you know, I, it, what I'm hearing, and I think what's so interesting about this is that it's that big group in the middle that if you're going to lose them, it's not because they're going to lose faith and go with these other people. It's because nobody's stepping up to the mic. It's because you're distracted and you're not stepping up to the mic. I love that. That's fantastic. And so let me give you an example of this. If you're trying to do an initiative, and I'm just going to, let's say that you're on the administrative side of the house and you're trying to do an initiative that that needs to involve faculty, that you're going to bring in a new system, uh, pick the system. It could be an expense reporting system. It could be a system for uh, tracking calendaring uh, and managing time. Uh, it could be a student information system that faculty need to be involved in. The best thing you could do if you're the administrator, because maybe you are the sponsor, you sold this multi-million dollar project to your president and to your board, and now you got to make this thing come in. 
the best thing you could do if you want to influence a group like faculty and you're not faculty is you partner with a faculty member, you co-lead this project, and have that person tell your story to the faculty. Not you tell the story. They're going to look at you. If you're the lead administrator, let's say that you're the financial vice president uh, and you're in charge of finance and administration, they're going to say, of course you're going to tell this story. Your job is to run this place, and you're going to tell us why this is so valuable. You get a faculty member to talk to faculty about why it's important, they're going to hear it differently. We do not do this nearly enough. And this, by the way, is where that 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 video of the first follower, mm-hmm. and I think we've used that before, right? We have, yeah. That's another one. We should post that on this uh, will, on this yeah. particular one. It, that is another really critical thing is get that get that follower to be telling your story. That means you got to step back. That means that you don't have to do this as a leader in a singular way. That takes a lot of weight off of your shoulders, doesn't it? You know, it's so interesting you say that because when I do our change workshop, people end up saying, my God, you know what? I, I feel less burdened if I give myself permission to get off of having to fix those that are not going with me. I'm going to focus on those that are going to go with me. And every when you hear it, when you see this visual, when you, when you reflect on it, I can't tell you nine times out of 10 people say to me, this was really helpful to be reminded. I got to remind myself on that too, because all I wanted, all I want to do when I hear when I get something negative coming my way, I want to go in there and try and fix it, you know. And 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 we got to be really careful not to overindulge. The other thing that's interesting, Pete, the other unintended consequence of focusing too much on the cynics is that you're giving them more power than mm-hmm. you really should be. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, it so much of the the weight behind fixing is is implied in continuing to simply move forward. Say more about that. So if you if you stop trying to fix, if you just keep trying to fix, if you stay in that mode, you're a fixer. That's your reputation, you're a fixer. If you stop trying to fix and just keep the product uh, the project moving forward with the people who are supporting and the people that you continue to build trust, uh, then miraculously less appears to need fixing. That's right, because it's where you're focusing. Right. Right? right. That's right. That's yeah. right. I think this is a good one. I This is a good surprise today. I, Howard, thanks I, for bringing I, that. I, you know, I love that when we often, you know, what's great about a 120-something podcast is I get through three quarters of it, and then we get the, we get the before we end, the um, the measure of how good yeah. the podcast was from you. Yeah. You know, I think no, this was I a good one. This was a good one. I get it now. I get you it. Finally, yeah, you didn't know what this was, did yeah, you? Yeah, no, what it takes is uh, it takes takes me getting through about 90% of it, and then I finally, it's uh, well, I've been sleeping through the first part of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's it. Do you have any, any final words of uh, closure as we wrap up? People walk away from this story and go, this was really helpful. And especially when they're in a group and they say, you know what, now, and I'm not alone. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the only one that thinks that way. The tough part about this, Pete, is it takes telling this story uh, you can't just get it superficially, right? If I just started off yeah. by saying we got to stop fixing people, that's a really incomplete story. So what's hard about this, on some level, is you got to be willing to uh, slow down and consider something like this, and then find a way to reflect on. All right, 
do I fall into this trap and how do I how do I behave differently? So all I'd say is if you if you resonate with this, uh, find a way to introduce this to somebody else in your work and say, what do you think of this? Because there's so much power in, in this it, it, from learning just by going to somebody else and saying, here's a model. What do you think? Do you think we? I focus too much on this? How do we get champions? Who are our champions? Start asking questions about that strong right side group, the minority that are champions, and how do we influence the middle group and do a better job of respecting and ignoring those that will not go with you no matter what you do. Great message to end it on, Howard Teibel. Thank you so much for your time again this holiday season. That was a message of, of love. I am starting to sing just now, but I'm, I'm going to stick <laughs> away you from didn't. that. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, everybody else, for downloading listening to this show. Once again, tybelink.com. Subscribe to the show for free. Get on the email. You get a little email notification when each of our new episodes goes live. Uh, on behalf of Howard Tybel, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week on Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybelink. Link.